There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day everyone, this is very close to the end of the year, the end of the calendar year. I'm not going to tell you exactly what day it is, but it's very, very close. Um, this is a bonus episode. Uh, I got my team here production team here. I've got Simon, Jono and Jess. Hello. Hello. How are you going? That's the production team. Uh, they find out uh, our guests. They organise our guests. They make shit happen. Make shit happen, basically. Thanks, Jess. That was well put. Bit of a bonus session. We're going to sort of kick it around a little bit, talk about the year that was. I'm going to ask each one of you, what was your favourite ep for the year? Jess, your favourite ep? Um, well, this is a crowd favourite, but it was definitely my favourite episode, which was the uh, Amir Alyssa episode, who uh, is the creative director of Bearded Bakers. So I am from the southwest of Sydney and that's pretty much his stomping ground. And I remember years ago I was walking towards Woolworths in Reesby and then you can just hear this music, like Middle Eastern music, pumping across the parking lot and just all these people gathered around what looked like a shoebox and these guys were dancing, really hot guys. Uh, they were making something that I've never Bearded seen. Bearded guys. Bearded guys. Making something I've never seen before, which was the kanafe, this cream belay sort of Middle Eastern treat and you put rose water on it and it was just beautiful. So I always remember that moment and I thought, great opportunity to bring them on. And did you get them on? Was that your idea? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was so my it was, idea. It was a good idea. Yeah. And I actually, I, I had one of those kanafas. They're fucking unbelievable. They're so good. Like, my God. It's really tasty. Um, and it had cinnamon on top. It was really good. I actually got to meet their mum. Uh, went out to their other shop in um, Strathfield. And we did a little episode out there. And, and by the way, if you recall, that was during um, lockdown. We were, we were locked down. So they. A couple they, of weeks in, yeah. Yeah. And they came in, like, the one beginning, middle of this year. And they came into our old studio, sort of. No, we may had a makeshift studio on those days. <laughs> yeah, sort they of weird thing going on. Let's not talk time. about it. Yeah, it was a little little storage <laughs> cupboard between offices. Yeah, between down on the YBR floor, and um, we got we got the luxury of our own studio these days. But we're we're in the middle of, you know, we put our DA in like one year before yeah. to get this studio sorted. And Jono, of course, is in charge of that. So maybe I ask Simon, Simon, can you describe Jono for everybody? Because oh it, it's worth describing him. Well, look, he's hardworking. That's- <laughs> That'd be fucking nice. <laughs> Tell the audience what, what they're dealing with here. We've got Jono, Jono is the master of non communication, but he. <laughs> as no, a production guy, as he's a production a, guy but, doesn't communicate. But he's also amazingly good at what he does when he needs to. What about the Mo? 
<laughs> the mo. Jono, well, things. Jono's actually been growing out his hair this year. Well, Jess well, and I have been. Have Jess, let him go. Yeah, well, uh, Jess well, and I have been uh, very much encouraging him to not. Uh, he had a lockdown cut, and he just kept on growing and growing. And he's going to be the Fabio of the office one day. I'm very very happy. I for think him. he's Fabio right now. <laughs> the Greek version of Fabio. The Greek, Greek God. The, what's the Greek version of Fabio? Uh, no clue. Forty. It, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So what was your favorite episode for the year? I think when we're doing Grow Your Business Online Month, uh, speaking to Davey Fogarty, he was a really interesting character. Just this young guy from Adelaide who was able to understand trends and capitalize that on that. And he's only, he's like in his 26? 26, 26. And he's the founder behind the Udi, which was just this thing that I was seeing constantly pop up on Instagram and TikTok. He sees a need in his own life and then sees what trends everyone else needs. And whether it be dog beds, whether it be wearable blankets, he is made, he's making an empire. I think he's one to look out for over the next couple of years. Because- to- totally. He's sort of become a bit of a mad YouTuber too. Like, Huge, uh, yeah. Like education-wise because uh, he's full on in the YouTube world. Who found him? Did you find him, Jess? I found him, yeah. Yeah. Jess is fine, finds them all at the end of the day. Don't fucking hide. She'll find you. <laughs> John, have a favourite ep? Oh, it was. It might have been one of the first four we did, um, but it was Michael Rodriguez, who's the twenty-four-hour um, uh, economy, the nighttime economy commissioner. She's really interesting. He used to work for Time Out Sydney, and when we had the uh, the lockouts, not the lockdowns, you know, um, it's been a big discussion about Sydney's nightlife and cultural economy, and and I think that through the pan- pandemic, like we're seeing it down at the rocks. Like, there's all these little little initiatives. So you know, it's more outdoor seating, bar licenses are sort of giving out more freely. People can stay open later. Mm. Uh, it's yeah, I just think giving businesses more opportunities to stay open to trade, um, to facilitate the kind of interactions that we've all sort of missed through lockdown. Yeah, to make Sydney the sort of city it can be. Like that chat just spoke to me, and I love that. Does that mean you're because is that because you're you're a mad drinker and you love getting out? Or oh yeah, you, you got to the core there, MB. Yeah, yeah no. straight to the issue. No, I, I just think there's um, some of the yeah best moments in life are you know shared with friends and um, and going out and exploring the city around you. Right, so the more opportunities to do that, the better. Yeah. Good opportunity for you to dip your mo into a glass, of tea, <laughs> into a froth. You know, it's so funny that you're talking about his mo. Are you okay with the mo? Do nah, you approve mo, it? No, well, I, look, I grew up in an era, right? If you had a mo or a beard, like police never had beards, judges never wore beards, uh, lawyers who appeared in court would never have a beard because it, it, the general view was you're hiding something. Um, but today it's different. I mean, even me, I don't even shave, like, what the hell? But uh, my mother, you know, bless her. Late departed mother, bless her soul. Uh, she would be horrified with me the way I am today. So, because uh, she always just—it's just a—it's just, um, just a generational thing. Um, we used to have a saying: "Have a mo, let him go." So, don't trust someone with a mustache. Yeah, right. I'm serious, but but now everyone's got a mustache. Everyone's got a beard. Well, no one shaves properly these days. Simon shaves every day because he doesn't shave. Well, the problem is if I could grow a mo, I absolutely would. That's what I'm saying. No, but uh, I have a lot of envy over these Greek boys and just being able to, you know, wake up at and then at 2 p.m. have a full beard. Whereas it takes me. It's a curse. I tried Movember a couple of years ago and that was, I gave myself a head start. So I started growing it out half the month prior. Still nothing visible by the end of uh, Movember. That's fine. You know. Well, for those you can't see him, but he's uh, sort of a nearly a redhead, but he's not, and uh, his surname's McDermott, so uh, you know he's Scottish or something like Irish. that. Irish, Scottish, okay. So uh, he's very fair. Looks like he's about twelve, um, <laughs> and uh, he's probably a little bit older than that. And he's he's legal age, and uh, so he's not going to grow a beard. That mate, 
as long as your ass points to the ground, you're not going to be growing a beard, okay? So that's yeah, it. So you just live with it. That's cool. You know what? I'll, I I know what my strengths are. Strengths are not it's cool. growing anything. It's not a beard. <laughs> my favorite is probably not my favorite because they're all my favorites. So I, you know, the, everyone in my life, everyone of them. Um, I like Fred Schwetzer in um, Finder.com. Oh, yeah. Um, only because uh, I've been listening to Finder.com.au, the ads for so long now, and I, they start off as a – a mortgage um, comparison site, and uh, and now he's gone everything. But one of the th- reasons I say that is because uh, I, f- I finally uh, talking to Fred. I got inspired to actually go and buy some um, crypto. So uh, I, I guess that must have been impactful for me because uh, I've been playing around with the idea of buying crypto. Then I started buying crypto. I probably bought all the wrong ones, but it doesn't really matter. But I started doing some research on crypto after that, and I bought. I was going to buy through Finder.com. Uh, .au, but I didn't. Um, I went through another place and uh, I've got a different wallet, et cetera, but it doesn't matter. I still bought that. So that, that had some influence on me. The other one that probably had influence on me, and I'm, you know, you're know, you going to have to guys have to help me out, remind me of the guy's name, but the young fellow who came on about it and he it was about NFTs, his business was called Immutable. That would be uh, Robbie Ferguson you're talking about. Yeah. Robbie Ferguson, yeah. Incredibly um, eye-opening awareness building around what the fuck's going on in the world. I mean, I mean, I keep hearing Gary V kick off really hard on NFTs and why they're important and don't dish them. And Well, I was just going to say, like, we have no idea about NFTs. I wouldn't say that any of us are experts in the field. No. I don't know if there is such a thing as an expert in NFTs, though. I think it's well, so I new. would say Robbie is more of an oh, expert yeah, totally. than me. Well, no, he's an. I think no, Joe. I think he's an expert on the platform, which uses the Ethereum platform mm. as B two C platform. That he uses the Ethereum platform, which got me interested in Ethereum or Ether, um, or more importantly, Ethereum. So I started buying into that into that particular crypto. But he sort of opened my eyes up as to how people these days can invent all sorts of unusual things and that sort of drags me then across into what Facebook is currently doing um, and maybe we the should metaverse. call metaverse, yeah. metaverse or just meta generally but metaverse and then I started investigating what metaverse was and where it was first proposed or um imagined yeah. back in a movie and uh many many years ago the whole concept of you know walking around with goggles on and uh you know uh sort of imagining an avatar of myself do you mean the matrix like no no not the matrix it was called already player one oh, oh steve spielberg yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. and uh book, it, it, well. i can't remember what year it was but it was quite a few years ago post matrix but matrix sort of like was a precursor to all this sort of shit yeah and, totally. uh, but it's sort of quite interesting. It's like we need to escape. And, and one of the things that's really important is that we go to the movies to escape. I mean, I think movies is escapism. We watch Netflix to escape. The ultimate escapism and actually fucking escaping totally and uh, becoming someone else or becoming you as someone else and buying <laughs> buying land in someone's actual other another universe. And I've always had this thing that I always believed – Believe I don't know, but I believe it's a belief thing uh, that we have parallel universes that exist, and uh, because the universe is infinite, I think there could be infinite parallel universes, and they could be in Mark Boris in a, twenty other places if you believe in in um, infinity, um, which I do. I accept infinity as a concept, um, so therefore, a metaverse is quite possible. But what people like Spielberg and those uh, Spielberg was proposing was we're going to fucking create one. But the, the metaverse isn't creating another parallel universe it's building onto the one we're already in right 
Well, maybe, maybe it's, not. Maybe it's, maybe it's going to be becoming. Well, because it, it might replicate, like assuming there's multiple parallel universes and branching, you know, decisions, whatever. Mm. Um, we might just, like a metaverse would could theoretically, would be replicating some other universe. Just but, all, but all parallel chance, universe, right? that's the whole parallel yeah. universe is replication of the current, the only universe we know or we've only ever imagined. And it's all in our imagination. But imagination is uh, quite powerful because, that in a physics sense, um, we are actually creating something in our own brain because y- you think this is real or is this something you've created? And and it's just electrical stimuli correct, that correct. builds up. And chemical yeah. stimuli. Yeah. So so is the, the goggles we wear is just electrical stimuli. I mean, the whole thing is um, electrons and neutrons and protons and things floating around the joint. So uh, interesting, like uh, I don't know. So therefore that to answer your question, Jess, uh, those – those two particular episodes were really cool for me because they got me thinking and maybe start to research shit and yeah. uh, maybe that's stuff we can follow up next year. And that's one of the things that I love about UMB is that you're open and you're curious and I think they're one of the best traits to have as a business owner. But going back to NFTs, you know, I only heard about NFTs and I suppose the metaverse as well since the tail end of the year. What about you? I'd heard about the metaverse before that. I read shit all the time. So um, about these sorts of things, um, I'm not a fiction reader. I don't read novels, blah, blah, blah. I read this sort of stuff. No, but not just weird, just scientific stuff. So those things are always getting thrown around in, in scientific and you try America. to keep up. I read about it. The question is how do I dive into it? No. So uh, I dived into it after that particular podcast. And I think that's the, the reason why people should listen to podcasts, I think. And one of the things that you guys are bringing to the game as a production team is a richness to individuals to, who listen to our podcast to actually think, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'm going to do a bit more research on that. So, And, and if you're a business person and you listen to our podcast, I think you said, you made a good point a moment ago, as a good producer would, Chris, bring us back to the uh, main game. <laughs> Um, I could see it straight up. But anyway, um, but what we're trying to do here is get people to think about the things we introduce them them to, think about how that applies to themselves either in business or in their life and how can I apply that to my business. What do you think is the objective of our podcast? I'll, uh, I'll jump in. I, I think um, lately on the, on the show we've sort of covered a lot of, you know, like safety culture, um, Mr. Yum. There's a bunch of really cool Aussie startups that are really, you know, got potential to scale quite, quite largely. We've mm. had Canva on the show before. You know, it, it's not about the big businesses, even though they're great stories and the way they work is really, really cool. And that we can do that in Australia is great, but it's about the personalities. And, you know, because Australians aren't, we don't stand on the rooftops and shout about how good we are. So I think to sort of shout out to other Australian entrepreneurs that, hey, you know, you can, this is what you can do to show the kind of attributes these people have and that they're just like you and I, I think is a really powerful thing about the show and what I really like about it. Perhaps an inspiration to others. Yeah, it sort of shines a light on the people behind the businesses because at the end of the day, like um, system, you know, because we talk a lot about systems and structures, but at the end of the day, things only get done when there's two people talking together or a group of people together. I believe no great thing was ever done by one person. It's about different people working together. Yeah, peeling back all the marketing BS and, you know, the bells and whistles and, as you said, um, Lucanier from Safety Culture. He was just a bloke from Queensland who wasn't wearing any shoes at the time when Atlassian came and visited his garage um, when he was pitching to them and was like, oh, shit, 
they're the real deal. Okay, we we need better suit up a little bit and show off our business and story. try it. Yeah, put some clocks on the walls to make from all different times. Yeah, yeah, to make, yeah, them, yeah, sound to like make, they're a bit more make them seem legit, right? <laughs> like at the end of the day, if you've got a good idea, and there are so many good ideas in Australia, like we just have to get better at patting ourselves on the back and helping each other out. I think tall poppy syndrome is becoming a bit of a thing of the past. Let's forget about that. We've got plenty of great businesses here. As you said, Canva, Misty Yum, Afterpay, like all these great businesses that are pretty much taking over the world, bring it on. And we're here as the mentor showcasing them. Would you say, Jess, that we've evolved as a show? I think you have too. Well, I have to because the show has to, but where do you think we as a, because I think last 12 months have been quite significant. Yeah. So um, in March we went independent and that's when I was brought on. Independent means what? Uh, So moving on from Listener, uh, which was originally Podcast One, which is a podcast network underneath the SCA banner. And so when we went independent, I think – uh, that was an opportunity for us to sort of make more of our own decisions um, and outcomes. And so that had an impact on the show and the types of people we could interview. And therefore, I think that the show has evolved into a more robust, to be honest, I think people are getting like a premium product now. Not that they weren't getting it before, but like you just got to keep improving and you get to show off your knowledge and you get to learn, as you said, from Immutable, you come across new businesses. As you grow, the audience grows as well. And we won an award. And, uh, and we you, won an you, award. You and Simon were there together. Looking but, sharp, as always. But, uh, unreal. The photograph, what, what do they call those photographs where you stand there with a On the red press ball? Press red, ball, that's red, it. Red carpet, red yeah. Red carpet, press ball. Uh, I was signing signatures all down there. Would you behalf? sign my name? Uh, obviously. I'm <laughs> you know, everyone was asking us, where's Mark? Where's Mark? And I'm like. He didn't fucking know about it. <laughs> I, I knew about the awards. I didn't know there was an award night on. I sort of, maybe, did you guys tell me? Yeah, we you did. did. <laughs> Sorry. Well, actually, talk about Let's talk about behind the scenes. So oh, yeah. uh, maybe give everyone, Simon, give everyone a bit of a taste of what it's like to uh, maybe do a podcast with me, uh, you know, like what yeah, I absolutely. like. So be honest. Oh, MB, how Christmas. honest can I get? <laughs> uh, well, it starts off with, I think one of the hardest parts of actually starting podcasts is finding that main message that you want to put out there. And that's all comes down to the great work that Jess and the team do um, when it comes to finding a, a guest that one is good talent who can actually speak, but two actually has something interesting that, I would want to hear, Jess would want to hear, that you would actually want to have a conversation with. Jess would go and do all that research, put a brief together, make sure that um, you know your stuff, she knows her stuff, and that way prompts can come through. We get to the studio, Jono and I uh, make it look like we're doing a lot of work and get the, <laughs> the studio set up. A lot of wrapping cables. Yeah. Oh, so busy here. Of course. Um, and then you sit, you're pretty bummed down. Jess gives you a, little, a bit more of a prompt. Our guest comes through, and then you just have a really good yarn. That's yeah, a, that's the easiest one. And, and then we try to keep you to time from behind the scenes. So we're waving, we're putting hands up like ten minutes, Mark, ten minutes, and you nod and nod. And then twenty minutes later, we're like, "Rap, you got to rap." And I like, want, I want to know who who gives better prompts to rap up, John or me? <laughs> well, you're getting better, but you were shit in the beginning because, like, you sort of right in my face. Jono sort of sneaks around the corner, around past the pillar. There's a pillar in our studio. No one knows that, but there's a pillar in our studio. Jono tends to just pop his head outside the pillow. Pillar. I mean, like maybe tell people what it's like when I first arrive on a podcast each day. It depends on the day. You've got a protein drink in your left hand. Or a little, very little coffee cup. Yeah. <laughs> you go to the cafe next door, 
go grab your what do you get espresso or piccolo piccolo, piccolo. you walk in um you say which podcast are we doing again yeah, is this <laughs> the mentor or straight talk yeah. is this the mentor or straight talk yeah because i never know i never really know which one it is um you sit down you say suggest what well, wait which one's this again and you find out what, what guest it is and then mb you are just the master of making sure that you sound like you know what you're talking about. But, but. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're on, you're on, right? Absolutely. Like I can tell if you've had a good morning and it's so crazy. Like it sounds like um, magic, like airy-fairy sort of stuff. But as a producer trying to talk about like the perfect episode and trying to get the best out of you. But Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You need to have that perfect morning. You've got to work out. Um, you've got to have some rapport with the guest and, and they've got to bring some kind of energy, right? Like totally. you can't see it, but you can feel it. And you pick up on that and they pick on it, uh, up on it and like that's how we got a great episode from Amir. Like he was just oozing of just passion and like drive for hospitality and giving the best for his customers and who he calls his family. Like you, like I'm getting cold shivers now because he was just you could hear a pin drop in that room and just watching you two operate like you were talking about Greek Easter and, you know, there was this beautiful moment and don't get me to recreate it, but you just like went full Greek and I was like, yes, Mark, this is great. <laughs> John, how were you feeling at that time? Um, yeah, no, it was pretty much exactly the same. Um, but yeah, I, I think some of the best, like I know Jess and I have spoken about it heaps, some of our favourite moments of the show when like you, I forget I forget which podcast it was, but you're talking about when you're a milk, um, a milk, a milk, milk boy. Zero yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked a milkman. Oh, zero coat. Yeah. And, and you were, and you were dropping off um, little, um, yeah, when you drop off bottles of milk um, and with your Dad, I think. Yeah, no, it was a, no, my, no, no. next door neighbor. Right. My dad was a milkman, but it was the next door neighbor. I used to go on the milk run with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they had the horse. Lindsay. And I was just, I'm just like, it's just this random, like, what the hell kind of moment is that? Um, but, um, yeah, yeah I saw this people great- walking down there, alleyways, dark alleyways in the middle of the night. Uh, and I was still at school. Um, 16. Yeah. And I was thinking about, uh, is there a dog down there or a cat down there? Which yeah. is going to be worse. And I used to like it when it was a dog because I could hear the dog. At least I could work out where he was. Cats would just fucking appear all of a sudden and frighten the shit out of me, like totally frighten the shit out of me. Uh, that, that, that was a pretty cool, uh, it was great to remember that because it was, I had a horse called Sam. It was a draft horse called Sam. And uh, Sam, I, I can see now, like, there was a, he used to haul a cart and I used to sit there on the, behind the thing with the, you know, the, what do you call them, the, whatever things you hold or control a horse with. And, uh, 
and Sam, all I can remember is it would be really cold in the winter and Sam and um, like steam coming out of Sam's nose, but he knew exactly which house to stop at and which house to bypass. He knew the run better than anybody. Sam the draft. It was horse. like Tesla autopilot before Tesla, right? T- totally. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and totally battery driven. Yeah, how many horsepower is that? <laughs> One. <laughs> Um, so what are your biggest lessons this year? Yeah, it's, it's probably not hard skills. It's, I think this year has been a year of learning about or being reminded of soft skills, the importance of soft skills. And soft skills, by, by soft skills, I mean, um, you know, and it's a shit word to keep, everyone keeps using, but resilience or backing up. Um, you know, um, you said earlier, um, having people to lean on in your own business relationship, in other words, having business partners, people who you trust around you, can be colleagues, it can be business partners. Um, um, uh, the the concept of always remain, re, remaining positive about the outcomes because this year has been one of these years like right now it's Christmas period and uh, we're already getting hit up with a new coronavirus variant and we keep thinking to ourselves, what does that whole mean for 2022? But it always ends up being okay. I mean, we, we have periods where it's pretty shit. So you've got to have that, it's a word I, you know, it's not hope, but consideration that it will pass, you know, like confirmation in your own mind that history tells you in a cyclical way that cycles occur and that you have to endure the cycles in order to be able to take the, uh, reap the benefits of when the cycle finishes, the bad cycle finishes and the good cycle starts. And cycles uh, change and you have to become very aware of the length of cycles. And uh, one of the things we're becoming aware of right now is the length of cycles in relation to COVID and, and the interruptions that COVID gives us. So some people call that hope. Hope's a pretty unscientific and non-logical sort of word. I don't like using it. It's about awareness of the cycles and uh, awareness of the patterns and the rhythms of um, the environment within which we operate our businesses and becoming uh, acutely aware of those rhythms you know, I used to be really acutely aware and used to study this stuff. I was a student of this, of the cycles of interest rate rises and interest rate reductions. And, you know, I got it down pat. I, I could predict an interest rate rise and interest rate reduction like within nearly 100%. Now, those cycles changed. That, that was during the, uh, the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, and that, that cycle changed. I now have got, got a much more acute awareness of the new cycles. And the same goes, COVID is just another variant pardon the pun, but in our business lives. And we've got to be acutely aware of how those cycles work. And the cycle now between variants and between lockdowns or um, uh, uh, things that cause us a problem in relation to demand for our product and or service are shortening. Both of those are shortening. And therefore the recovery, the period we have to wait before the recovery starts is also shortening. And what we have to work out is how far the how long the recovery goes. So therefore, we have to start to work out about how much cash we need to have on hand to get us through this difficult time, um, how much inventory we need to have ready for when the recovery starts, um, how we deal with our staff, how many staff we have to have ready for the recovery period, how can we um, adjust our staff's thinking about not in our case, but in other businesses, how we can adjust our staff's thinking about a period when the aggregate demand is low because COVID is stopping people from going out and or which just affects demand. How do, we, how do we understand supply chains now? I mean, we never used to have to think about supply chain. You know, how do we get enough timber? How do we get enough steel? How do we get enough whatever it is? So I think what this year has taught me in terms of business 
is having acute awareness about the depth and breadth of the markets within which we operate both as on the supply side and on the demand side. And I think um, business people need to articulate this sort of stuff and not just live it and, you know, talk about it and think about it uh, in like, oh, shit, uh, this is happening. Oh, it looks like we're going to go stop again. No, yeah, we are going to stop again or demand's going to stop again for a whole lot of reasons. Um, but think about what advantages I can get out of that. How do I fix my business up straight away? Um, what have I got to do for when the recovery comes and how long do I think the recovery will take to arrive? When this first hit us two years ago, Fuck, you know, all I was thinking about at the time was no, not, not about recovery. It was about what I've got to do to reduce my costs so I can survive. We need to start to think about how do I survive this period in redu- reduced demand, but more importantly, how am I going to thrive when the recovery comes because the recovery will come because cycles occur all the time. Sun goes up, sun goes down. Summer comes, autumn comes, winter comes, spring comes, summer comes. The moon has a full moon once a month, you know, like tides come in and out. Everything we do is cyclical. It's physics. And uh, it's the same for this coronavirus and all the things that affect our businesses. And there are some businesses which are going to be affected forever. So maybe it's time to get out of that business and put your energy into something else because we have a a new shit word but a new normal. The system has changed. And don't feel ashamed in doing that. No, you're You're better off doing it. Which is, it's just logical. Yeah. Be scientific about it. It's, it. This is what fucking happens now and uh, you need to change the position of your sales because the wind's coming from a different direction but be prepared to change the position of sales again very soon because the wind's going to change again. It's so interesting that you say that because I have a feeling that a lot of people are feeling trauma and so they've got a whole heap of scar tissue and they're trying to play overly defensively. And so what do you say to people like that who are, you know, putting all the, stashing all the money underneath the bed bunks and ripping costs and that sort of thing? Advise them to move away from that and think logically. The last word you use is the word I would like to concentrate on, logic. Think about logic and think about, as I said, the physics of this. Um, Or if you're not one of those people um, or you don't think you're one of those people, go and watch a movie called Being There. And they talk about the when Chancy Gardner talks about the concept of winter and summer, lockdown and recovery, or uh, survival and thriving. I mean, that movie is a classic movie about economies, economic situations, and it's really important to understand how economies work. And being there as a movie, it just looks like a movie, but at the end of the day, there's a story underlying it. And ultimately, he says, as he's walking, you know, we all think he's going to drown. He's walking out as a simpleton, a so-called simpleton, walking out on the water, walking on water, turns around and says, life is a state of mind. Your state of mind will determine your outcomes. You have to learn to manage your state of mind. And your state of mind then will manage your outcomes. So if you just can somehow control your state of mind and do it in a logical scientific, like a non-emotional way. Think about, yeah, I'm in the middle of a lockdown or I'm in the middle of low demand because of people are scared. Everyone else is scared. And then if you think about that logically, then what will happen soon, because this is what's happened in every other time, it will recover. So what have I got to do to survive the slow demand period? But equally, what have I got to do? What have I got to be ready to do to take advantage of when it all kicks off again? Because it will. I spoke to a, a friend of mine, um, he's a uh, ear, nose and throat specialist. He runs at a big hospital. He, he mostly deals in cancer. But he told me that 
this is two years ago when the, the coronavirus first kicked off. He said, Mark, in 1919 we had the, the flu epidemic which killed, you know, I don't know, 50 million people or something worldwide, whatever the number was, it doesn't matter. He said, that's today the common cold. What happens with the virus is that it evolves too, just like our businesses, it evolves. And it evolves to its optimum. And its optimum is don't kill a host because that's what they live off. They live off the host and they go from that host went to another host and that host another host. So a virus becomes very efficient, logically, <laughs> not emotional, very logical. And uh, so what it does is it works out how do I become less lethal but more contagious. And that's what the common cold is today. They never had a cure and flu. There's no cure to it. We've never cured it over, you know, 100 years, literally 102 years. And he said as a specialist that that's what the coronavirus is going to start off with. So the alpha version, the very first version, killed too many people off. It evolved. And now we're in, uh, you know, Omicron, which is less lethal, more contagious, and it'll, it'll keep evolving into something like a common cold. And we may never even have a flu or a cold anymore. Very few people get the flu or cold, but this would probably become the new flu. And I'm not trying to downplay it, but that's you got to think of if you think of it like that in relation to what it's doing to your business, then you can actually have a much more logical position as to where your business could end up with or demand for your product could end, end up with when everybody comes back to the streets and or comes back to buying stuff and feels confident to spend their money to buy stuff. It's okay if everybody else out there is emotional and scared. Just play that, take advantage of it. That's my point. And uh, that's what I learned this year. Probably knew it, but I was articulated and have been reminded of it. It will all be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. I think that was one of my favorite things about this year, was learning about that elasticity of the business world, especially in Australia. Like so can I just stop you there? Elasticity and plasticity, they're, they're very important concepts. You as a businessman or businesswoman or a business person – um, must think elastically and plasticity with plasticity. In other words, be prepared to make change. Some people call it pivoting, uh, whatever. Be so flexible that accept that things are going to change in both directions. That's that's a good point you make, Simon. And we have to think that way because that's how things are. You've got to think the way things you are. You've got to accept it. That, and that's a state of mind concept. One of the first things I learned from working with you is like just take the emotion out of it. It's just business like like yeah. you fuck up or, or you do really good at something. Don't get too attached to a successful idea. Don't totally. get too attached to a mistake. 100%. It's, and I mean people might say, oh, you, you lack emotion, Mark. It's, no, 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 no. I understand emotion. But um, I choose to, in business at least, I choose to um, operate in a way that it doesn't have emotion. I, I, I understand what it is, but I understand the problem with it. So to just the point earlier, if maybe you should putting a, a nice turn of phrase in there, but people aren't acting defensively, what I think they're probably doing is they're feeling sorry for themselves, and um, and or and or maybe um, making excuses, you know, and and it's easy to sort of go down that rabbit hole, to be honest with you, uh, because it you know, is. fucking media tells you to do it. They're all playing us. They want us to be that way. They want us to tune in. To, oh, shit, how bad things are going to be. Let me just go and watch blah, blah, see what the cases are. And politicians have been doing that to us, I'm sorry to say. I mean, because it makes them popular. It gives them airtime. Some politicians now start to say take responsibility and own it. To some extent it suits them to say that. We can't get sucked into this vortex, in my opinion, if you're in business. People like uh, Natalie Ann. Hairdresser. Hairdressing or the hairstylist person, you know, that 
she's like fucking do something about the problem. And she went out and now she runs, you know. Very successful social media presence. Totally. And it's, and she's sort of take, she's taking that really logical position. Who knows? I mean, like she might be in, you know, fetal position three times a night or something after it. But at least on the face of it, she's taking a very articulate view on how to take advantage of what's going on. Yeah, totally. And I look, it's fine to feel sorry for yourself, but you need to get yourself, you have to have strategies to get yourself out of there. So, and I hope the show brings that. If nothing else, and you've been listening to this podcast, I hope you take that away. The whole thing's a game and your state of mind is the thing that will determine how well you go in the game. Totally. Um, and and that's, 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 that's important. All right. Well, we better wrap this up, but I do want to ask you what, and this can be a bold prediction, but what are your big predictions for 2022? I'm predicting a better second half than the first half. I think the first half is going to have a bit of, um, Omicron hangover, but I think everyone's going to get their around exactly what I just said before. It's going to be a shorter cycle, a less uh, virulent cycle, and when all the emotion drops out and all the media get found out for making it look worse than it really is, which, by the way, that's their job. <laughs> that's what they do. They need eyeballs, um, that everybody will get on with business. And I think once it kicks off again, I, I think real estate will kick off hard again next year. Because of because of Omicron, if you had asked me before Omicron came in, like three weeks or four weeks ago, I would have said real estate is going to be subdued next year. I think real estate now is going to kick off again in the beginning of next year. Then I think business will kick off after that. That say mid year once Omicron comes under control. Um, I th- I also think that there are no fundamental reasons in the world in the at least in the developed world uh, for us to have poor economies or poor economic outcomes. There's lots of cash floating around. Um, the governments are still throwing money at the system. The governments have proven that they will go and throw more money at the system. They'll borrow it. They'll print it. They'll do whatever they can. They'll just put money in the system. They don't care about their the value of their currencies anymore. And by the way, currencies have been challenged everywhere because of crypto, et cetera. So who cares about the value of your currency anymore? It doesn't matter whether the Aussie dollar is 70 cents or 75 cents or 67 cents. No one gives a shit about that anymore. I'm talking about the at the regulatory level and or probably even at the consumer level for that matter. So I think there will be lots of cash thrown into the system. That liquidity, that cash will make ultimately when everybody gets back out and starts buying, will make the business world really good. Wages will increase sometime next year, I'd say, which was something we haven't seen for 20 years. Wages are going to start to increase mid next year. People get more money, they spend more money. Um, so my gut feeling is, uh, but for me being completely wrong about, um, Omicron, um, I think we're going to have a great second half. I think we'll have a flat first half though. Guys, do you want to throw in your two cents? I'm just excited for next year. We've got some things brewing. In January, um, we're going to be releasing a YouTube series called Survive and Thrive, which we've been working on and are still working on. We always talk about the Atlassians and the apples of the world, or we talk about the businesses that have just faced every challenge and are going out the, out the door. But what about the millions of businesses and entrepreneurs who've built great businesses but um, might have hit a wall and they don't know how to grow beyond that? We've got season two coming out next year as well. So if you are anyone in that bracket or you know someone in that bracket, make sure you head over to mentor.com.au. And apply through the show notes. Yeah, it'd be amazing. That's right. Yeah, actually I saw the promo for it. Uh, I don't know if the promo's gone, but I saw the promo for it a couple of days ago. It's going out. It should be going out to Looks recording. It's really going, good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. And um, it's so cool to be able to produce inexpensively 
highly relevant, really interesting stuff that's going to completely um, play with your curiosity relative to your own business, our own YouTube series. So uh, I, I've enjoyed that. And um, as uh, Simon says, we've actually been booked for a second series already. So uh, we're out there scouting now for talent. So if you're someone who's not an Atlassian and, um, but sort of doing your best and just hit that plateau and trying to work out what to do from here on any topic, it can be, hey, high staff, how you get your inventory better, how you do better pro- marketing promotion, should you pivot, whatever, whatever the case would be. Uh, come and apply the way Jess said, and I don't remember what you said, through, through the show notes, we're really looking for people who are really energised by their business but just, you know, as you said, in the middle of a plateau, looking for direction. Also subscribe to Mark Boris on YouTube, please, because that's yeah, exactly please, please, where you'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to check me out on YouTube. But hopefully everyone has a great New Year's Eve. Hang out with who you want to hang out with. Have the best time and uh, look forward to talking to you in Jan. Big year next year for the mentor and yeah. studios and stuff like that. Yeah, so, so I'm going to have a good five days rest and then uh, ready to kick it off again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, MV. Appreciate it. Thanks, MV. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, See you in the new year. See you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Mentor with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistance, Simon McDermott. This is a mentored podcast.